Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to AI Audible, the new narrated article podcast from the Anfield Index podcast channel. Liverpool FC need to adapt to modern transfer market by Hamza Khalik Lunat. For the second time since 2008-2009, Liverpool FC qualified for the Champions League. The club appears to finally be on the right track to achieving its long-term ambitions of first returning to the top table of European football and second to win titles as part of that. Essential to meeting these objectives consistently is the signing of new players for the starting eleven, which would help Liverpool progress from a team that has just pipped Arsenal to fourth spot to a consistent title challenger. However, reports emerged recently that once again Liverpool FC were struggling to wrap up a transfer deal for one of their primary targets due to issues regarding wages and the wage structure at the club. Having reportedly agreed a basic contract, negotiators backtracked and restructured the contract against the wishes of the players' representatives. Thus, the question must be asked, is the club jeopardising its long-term future for the sake of contracts? and a wage system that is arguably best suited to clubs that do not consistently challenge for domestic and European trophies. Whilst not in explicit agreement, Jonathan Northcroft from the Sunday Times certainly suggests some credence to the notion of Liverpool not signing players because of wage or contract structures. On the latest edition of the Gags Tandon show, Northcroft asserted that Liverpool keep missing out on players because of wages. He then went on to claim that he believed Virgil van Dijk would not join Liverpool as in financial terms, Liverpool are just not in the ballpark that Manchester City and Chelsea are. Are these claims true? Well, going by the information leaked regarding van Dijk negotiations, it would very much appear so in this instance. However, is Liverpool missing out on key players due to wage demands a consistent theme? And are Liverpool in the right to have reneged on their initial offer? Additionally, in comparison, what is the going rate for other top Premier League centre-backs? Firstly, Liverpool are yet to conclude contract talks with Emre Chan and have had a poor history with securing targets. We need only look at the deals that were widely expected to be completed, such as Deli Ali, Konoplyanka or Mohamed Salah when he first joined Chelsea. In this respect, Liverpool's transfer issues appear to be a very real structural problem. Liverpool reportedly offered Van Dijk's representatives a flat rate of 180000 per week package, one which would make him the second highest paid player at the club after Felipe Coutinho, 
However, the Liverpool negotiators allegedly backtracked, instead offering a restructured 130k per week deal, which would include performance-based bonuses that may contribute to an overall value of 180k per week. To understand the relative value of a £180,000 per week deal, it may be useful to look at other top Premier League centre-backs. Currently, the top centre-backs in the league have contracts which entitle them to roughly £120,000 per week. This includes players like David Luiz, Vincent Company, and Nicolas Otamendi. However, the landscape in relation to centre-backs and their wages is shifting rapidly. These figures in relation to Van Dijk are misleading. These deals with Louise, company Otamendi were all made before the value of the television deals had permeated through into the clubs. The influx of capital brought about via television deals has seen the value of contracts go up very recently. For instance, Dejan Lovren is now earning around 100000 per week, a rate close to that of both company and Louise, but higher than that of Koscielny and Chris Smalling, and equal to John Stone's. Only a few months ago, paying £100,000 per week to a second-choice centre-back would have been extremely abnormal. However, the increased capital available to clubs has made for a market in which players, agents and selling clubs are quite aware of the capacity for the buying club to pay more. Liverpool have shown both an awareness and understanding of this initially in offering Van Dijk £180,000 per week, but this wage structure has come at a cost to signing players before and seems very likely to do so again. This is an inflexible approach that is not suitable for the current economic climate. The club must adapt and readjust policy in relation to transfers, especially considering that these transfers apparently hinged on Champions League qualification alone. In the past, these performance-based contracts may have worked, and in fairness, Manchester City adapted this approach in part. But when a player is in demand, as Van Dijk is, with Manchester City and Chelsea interested, the club cannot dither, appear weak or thrifty. The demand for Van Dijk and his obvious quality has seen Southampton value him at £50 million, a price which would directly affect his wages. After all, a player bought for £50 million should command wages deserving of a £50 million player. The rise in transfer fees is intrinsically linked to the rise in wages. And whilst Liverpool are becoming more flexible in relation to transfer fees, the club is only halfway in adapting to the evolving economic environment of the Premier League. Essentially, transfer fees are largely relative. The demand for the player, the desirability of them, and the necessity of them to the buying club all come into account in forming the transfer fee, which then affects the wage rate. For instance, Liverpool's purchase of Andy Carroll, Manchester United's acquisition of Paul Pogba, or Manchester City's deal for John Stones, all saw the clubs pay over the odds for the players, precisely because of how the demand, desirability and perceived necessity of all three players was so high. Football clubs are about image as much as anything. Being in the Champions League is not enough. The club must appear to be a strong one, with ambitions that will be close to realisation. The image that is portrayed when the clubs dither on transfers is one of a smaller club inflexible and outdated. This is arguably an issue that has plagued Arsenal in recent years, with its wage structure seeing star players such as Ozil or Sanchez earning far less compared to their Manchester City or Chelsea counterparts, perhaps one reason as to why Arsenal have not won the league since 2004.
Liverpool's reluctance to finalise the contract talks with Van Dijk appears indicative of a club that does not take itself seriously enough to be in the big leagues. The centre-back spot is arguably the biggest issue within the Liverpool team. Liverpool's requirements for a centre-back are extremely specific too. They need to be strong on the ball, have good distribution, early strong, quick and able to defend large spaces in behind. Van Dijk satisfies all of these criteria. He's young and has Premier League experience. It's clear he's one of Klopp's primary targets. Why then are the club not pulling out all the stops to secure this player at any cost, especially when two of Liverpool's would-be title competitors are vying for his signature? The decision-makers within the club must realise that the Premier League is growing increasingly competitive, and in order to just keep pace, let alone improve, concessions must be made in relation to the wage structure, as it is representative of a smaller team with lesser ambitions. The key to retaining the Champions League position and building upon it would be buying starting 11 quality players, yet the club are currently failing to do so because of wages, whereas Manchester United, Manchester City and Chelsea adhere to a different structure. Performances play a role, however purchasing a player and thus on-field results and performances are given primacy and priority. And this is precisely what allows them to compete at the highest level consistently. Compared to Arsenal, for instance, who have a rigid wage structure and have failed to compete seriously in both the Premier League and Champions League for over a decade. To return to the top table of European and English football, Liverpool, the board and FSG must acknowledge that the football world is one that is constantly changing and one in which a wage structure cannot get in the way of primary transfer targets. Liverpool FC and its negotiators must break free of these archaic shackles which are grounding the club and allow Jurgen Klopp free reign in choosing and attaining his transfer targets so that he has the best possible chance of reaching the ambitions that he and the fan base expect of Liverpool FC. There's very little at this time of the year as deflating as that, that list of players that Hamza mentions in the middle of his piece of players that were linked to the club who are really top-notch, top-end performers who seemed to be close to some sort of a, an arrangement with uh, Liverpool only for that to fall away because it appears as if there were more attractive suitors elsewhere, which always seems to be coming down to some sort of financial situation. And you do, as a Liverpool fan then, start to have this terrible discrepancy between where you feel the club should be because of history and tradition and all the rest of it, and where the club actually are because of reality and financial restraints and decisions made by current owners and all the rest of those things that uh, cause so much anxiety and internal rifts amongst the fan base and I could not be less interested in getting into a debate about that. I don't think anyone's going to take any issue with what Hamza says here that if we are serious then we need to make serious bids for players and then if they find us less attractive after that there's not much we can do until we get ourselves into a position but even if you get one or two they will hopefully help bring the success which will then bring the floods to the club. And that's where we're at now. We're at that stage where we need, we already have a trickle of decent players who can be attracted to the club. Now we need a few heavy hitters to come. And if they result in, their arrivals result in success, then then that's when you get into proper territory. You, you, you're, you're a successful club with a strong squad and that's when you're attractive. But all of this takes the money off the table and you can't do that because the money is the key question. 
and I'm not saying the footballers are um, mercenary, uh, it's their living. And there's not one of you out there in a career who would say that if there was someone offering more money, you wouldn't go for that. That's what we do. We all think about looking after ourselves and our families and all the rest of us, so I don't blame anybody for that. But it would be nice to think that we could say, well, I'll see your 50 million, I'll raise you 50 million, but we don't seem to be in that situation. This all leads to a very, very stressful summer for some people. I know what I'm going to be doing, which is paying as little attention as possible to it until the deals are done, and then we'll deal with it because there's not much we can do in the interim. And uh, I do know several people who are very close to losing their mental health. So be careful out there, guys, and try not to get too deeply into it because it really is not good for you. Thank you for listening to AI Audible. You can read this episode's article along with many others on AnfieldIndex.com. You can download our AI channel app on iOS and Android. And you can find all our AI Audible episodes on Twitter at AI Audible and on AnfieldIndex.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.